0: Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in.
1: Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, i Hey, I'm John. And, you know, we
0: kind of got everybody back together again and, you know, have a little bit of fun. Um, so first and foremost, we kind of want to, you know, go back into our uh, topic from uh, last week. Um you know, and kind of what we were talking about and stuff like that. I know we kind of talked about some River editism, you know, type of stuff and stuff like that as far as, you know, the learning STEM education, different ways of learning STEM. Mm-hmm. So, kind of want to get, uh, you know, your your, your, your opinion there, John, since you weren't here yeah. last week. You know, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I. so I'll, I'll touch back again on this uh, a little bit later, too, because um, when, when you kind of go into what today's topic is, um, yeah. it, it's going to relate. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Definitely. Uh, so for me I was I was listening to the episode, you know, getting some of the ideas and I and I like I like kind of where where our heads at um, as far as like saying hey we need to reevaluate what's what's important to us especially in a world that's you know going more digital, more and more digital, more and more technology, more and more connected connectivity and, and things like that. So you have so many more people that that are going to be able to consume um, the content or the the information and, and if we're focusing on a gathering place, I, the social part and the social aspe- aspect of humans makes sense. I mean, you, you always kind of want to build community and stuff like that. Makes sense to want to have a library in the community because you're, you, you can kind of build around that. But taking it and, and, and switching, switching kind of the ideology around like a, a, a localized high school. Um, like yes, you'll have to rethink things like the sports teams and, and scholastic clubs and if you have debate things like that or mm-hmm. any groups. But like at the end of the day, if those are part of your community as opposed to a requirement, most people view school as like a requirement. Mm-hmm. So you would do two things: you would funnel out the people that are like, "Hey, that's that doesn't seem fun to me." That but I could still learn to get my trade to to work on my car or to work on, um, you know. Uh, anything in the industry be it become a maintenance technician or or, or even go to construction on that side of the mm-hmm. house you can make that decision very early on and then if you have let's say some of the kids that take to the stem learning that we're talking about and and start having a lot of fun with it i mean i enjoy the gamification idea because it's something that you build um you make it fun yeah and if exactly. and if you can find the passion and make the the topic of learning fun to the to the kids like that makes that makes it um, that certifies that as like it's a it's a part of them now. It's not something that they need to motivate themselves to do. It's something they unknowingly are doing. Like I don't know, we look at it all the time. Yeah. Every single day we have seven, eight, nine, ten different articles. We're like, hey man, did you see this? You showed me something literally twenty minutes ago about dielectric resin. <laughs> like that's something like we're always tinkering. <laughs> exactly. That's something that like I didn't know that it was that was there, but I know that it's what capacitors are made out of so you can print capacitors so these these are things that it it starts the line of questioning but we we've talked about it before trying to get to that point earlier Mm -hmm. determine if that kid wants to even do this why should we force anybody to do anything they don't want to do granted you should do something so you got to find your niche or or something like that but at the end of the day if you feel like stem that technology uh, aspect of it is your thing having that uh, taking away from building a school, uh, like you can have the gym and stuff like that, but make it part of your community as opposed to that school, that district, that county mm-hmm. specifically owning upkeeping you have school administrators you can you can make these uh, you can make this a at home job and have that person say control your staff and your payroll systems for any of the teachers or any of the programs and and not require a location like you you could sign up for things and go experience the society and the community okay. but not force everything on the everyone um i think it, you save so much money because we looked at our even just a small building when I was in high school that they built like the the parents had to get together and did a booster club and everyone worked together they built a clubhouse for the baseball team and the parents the kids like we we were there after practice, hanging out like the parents were hanging out with other parents, it, it made community. So those things are needed. But if we're spending all of the money we have to, to make a physical classroom, as opposed to give a couple kids some Chromebooks or something even more, mm-hmm. maybe a bit more technology, uh, maybe more CPU in, uh, intensive, maybe a little bit more than we usually give them, and and make their home the classroom, that that would save that would you redistribute the funds is what i'm saying so that's i can kind of see yeah. how you what you mean there the one the one caveat i would have is um, it, it is tougher to make if if it is a single family to make that that family or that that parent is the breadwinner have to go to work 40 hours a week they can't sit at home and help train or help mm-hmm. even coach or help even like so you lose some of that oversight on mm-hmm. on on the well, if the kid done. doesn't have the motivation or something like that. I think that that, that can be taken on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's part of temptation. Like, te- like we we all struggled growing up, but not in the same way. Mm-hmm. And that built us into who we are. We shouldn't have to struggle the same way over and over, no. Mm-hmm. But when we innovate, we find new struggles, and we find new ways to get around those things. So we, we, we create a problem-solver, a critical thinker. So that's that's kind of the... I can see why it makes sense to redistribute the funds, give the kids the tools they can they need to succeed. Don't take away the social part and the community uh-huh. part, like build that still, but but don't force that connected with their education. So I shouldn't have to feel like I need to fit in uh-huh. to be able to learn right yeah, i chance. should be able to learn on my own if if need be but if i want to fit in with everyone and i and i want to learn that should still also be allowed so that's mm-hmm. the kind of the sense there because i don't want to whereas i don't want to alienate a team or or a kid or anybody that they're still developing their brains they're still developing who mm-hmm. they want to be or what they, what they like um we want to show them all the opportunities and yeah. give them all the chance well you know universities but, yeah.
0: have you know both online and you know in yeah exactly so and you and know, it's grown yeah. it's
1: grown quite a bit uh, especially i mean covid like it changed the world in a lot of different ways but it mm-hmm. showed us that we could do this yeah. we could do online learning yes it's a little bit less it's not what we're used to mm-hmm. and and yeah i mean they they did do some tests and they lost a little bit of the the standardized test scores mm-hmm. but did we it's it's do we lose actually the the knowledge no we still know the things we we're learning a new method to, to mm-hmm. we're retraining our brains yeah. pretty
0: much. And there's some people that they, they have to be in a classroom. You know? yeah, they they I, prefer to be in a classroom environment and, you know, learn paper. And yeah, do. exam
1: dumps or like you can, you just sit in, yeah. you have a boot camp. Yeah. There's a lot of these things work. Yeah. I, but. I would even argue for a single
2: parent because I don't have the physical school now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have a library. Yeah. Now the library has all kind of tools. Mm-hmm. And I can have volunteers help at the mm-hmm. library and the kids now we got transportation that the kid can be picked up and dropped off. Yeah. And yeah. that kid can be under the supervision of those teachers. Yeah. So we take the teachers from a building where we were babysitting and move those into those learning centers. Yeah. So we make libraries learning centers.
1: Yeah. And I, I can see that. No. And 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 to even piggyback on that you you you're so you're redistributing your resources cuz you could make you can make that trainer or that person who wants to help uh, lead their team. I'm I'm thinking of like a, a magic school bus type of scenario where this teacher is like, Okay, I'm gonna come get you, we're gonna have fun with this. Yes, it it yes, it is a lot on that teacher, but if you make it to like each one of these communities in and of themselves are kind of doing these things, what ends up developing is, is you have you have uh, a Support structure for the kids, you're able to even maybe pay the teachers a little bit more and make it make sense to them because right now that's that's part of the problem. We, with we, I mean, as sad, as it, as sad as it is to say, No Kid Left Behind kind of did hurt us a little bit because you mm-hmm. start lowering the bar so much yeah. instead of saying, Okay, maybe this isn't for you, we need to try something new. Uh, maybe you don't learn that way, maybe we can just show you some robotics and you can build some, it, some, it some things like that. Is what it
0: stopped. Mm. You know, teachers are no longer able to innovate anymore. Yeah. You know, right. and I, but the thing is, I still believe that there should be no child left behind. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying
1: that. I believe you that, kid, you
0: know, yeah. we need to start innovating
1: a little bit more. You, yeah. just, you just change, change the that. way you teach them, yeah. yeah exactly. And before we go
2: down the rabbit hole in the fur, yeah. I believe you can identify something that everybody can do. Yeah. As mm-hmm. simple as that. Yeah. And I'm not talking about doing some type of test to, to measure what your IQ is because i in my opinion that has no bearing on what a person can do in a certain application there is a lot more factors than just maybe that, yeah. a guy has an iq of 250 mm-hmm. but he can't paint Right. Maybe a guy has he a has poor motor
1: control. It can't yeah, it can't right. put it. So, can't I put mean, the on is different. Exactly. Yeah, and you know that's kind of
0: you know before we jump into this week's topic, yeah. you know, yeah. you know we started. We talked also last week about revetidism and you know the the prison reforms and stuff like that. We also talked about you know reforming the especially the, the special education system. Did you say mm-hmm. prison reform. Yeah, prison reform. Educational reform.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say because it's also
0: called revetidism. because you don't want people to go back.
1: Yeah, well, and that's th- yeah mm-hmm. no that's
0: the thing. Uh, and the thing is, is something else we talked about was um, because you have dealt with it and I've dealt with it autism is mm-hmm. the, on the autism structure on, mm-hmm. the aut- on the autism spectrum. Yeah, but the thing is, is I really think that we need to really rethink that idea, you know, because the thing is, is every kid is capable of learning something. I think mm-hmm. you know outing them and putting them in a special class and call it a special education is complete and utter BS, because you know these kids are still smart and yeah. the thing is is don't make them feel outside because they're not with their friends
1: you label them too early and it, it does right let, let, let them enjoy
0: time with their friends you know they may yeah. have to just they, learn and that's, this is where we go back to no kid left behind crap and we start dealing with the fact that we don't teach us who are allowed to innovate anymore you know if you can let teachers innovate and teach these kids how they're supposed to learn you know these kids especially the one on, on the spectrum they're smart and they learn real quick but you know the thing is they may need a little bit more hand holding but the thing yeah. is most kids do and, you know, it, it take them out of the, the the label of being special education
2: yeah.
0: and let them be a kid. Yeah. That That's the one thing that drives me nuts is you don't let kids be kids. You don't let kids learn the way the kids need to learn. We're too busy labeling kids. Oh, you have ADD, you have ADHD. Oh, you're autistic. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that.
1: No, stop that crap.
2: Yeah.
0: And let kids learn as kids.
1: Yeah, I mean it, those things may be you, you may you may actually have some type of uh, a disease or, 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 or some type of uh, virus or some type of like disability in some way that may may very well be the truth but you're right labeling from an early age creates this weird, um, you, you kind of ostracize them, and you kind of you you're like, hey, you're not normal. When mm-hmm. that's not really the way that you should view it, exactly right. Like they don't learn the same way you do. It, it makes them special in the sense that they could probably do things that you can't as well. Right. Exactly. So like I, I mean my nephew my nephew from a very he's he's a runner. He was like from a very early age he just mm-hmm. he knew he his motor skills developed so so much quicker than his communication skills yeah, that right he was there. running around in a circle and like you knew he was having fun because he's laughing and giggling with you yeah. so he learned like he's making those games and you're playing a game with them immediately and he's mm-hmm. and without even being able to communicate that he's able to think that through and kind of connect those dots so they yeah they're yeah. absolutely um that's what i that's what we don't that's, what we, that's yeah. what we deal with too yeah, I mean, and and even nowadays I hear, I hear him with with my brother and he just says use your words and yeah he'll he'll struggle a little bit but it only takes like use your words once or twice and boom he's You're got a it? full sentence out mm-hmm. he says okay you need it's like a passphrase you need you need you need me to say this for me to to get that toy or for me to get what I'm wanting and you create that like path to like. The stimulus that they're looking for, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: so and, and tie it to things. You yeah, know, like you know, my my nephew loves loves, good lord loves, um, um, Thomas the Train. Yeah, if you can gamify freaking stuff for those kids, you yeah. know, using like Thomas the Train and you know, and now it's, I think it's also uh, Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they'll learn and they'll learn quick,
1: yeah.
0: and you know that type of stuff. But you know, I, you know, now that we can kind of shy, I guess, away from. Yeah, when, I mean, Last week, we talked
1: we talk about this all night. The yeah, um, topic needs some some time, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: So this week, we kind of want to dive into a topic that is, you know, kind of interesting. It's, you know, deals with innovation. It deals with 3D printer innovation. But it also supports the, you know, increase in the housing market. Well, not really increase in the housing market. But it really, like, helps reduce the amount of homelessness you have, if you think about it. It's really the only type of printer that can handle, um, you know, the, the changing of, you know, or supporting the, you know, the rise of a third world country. Yes. So I think about it, what we're talking about here is, you know, concrete 3D printers. You know, we have some of these companies out there who are making these concrete pr- 3D printers. They're, they're printing tiny homes in three and a half hours, you know, for the Lord. You know, you got people who can't even lay brick in three and a half hours, but let alone mm-hmm. you got a, you got this little this, this machine that can print the foundation or the walls of a tiny home in roughly like three and a half hours. If you think about it, and the thing is, is yes, they're fire retardant. Because it's concrete for the most part. The sheer volume. I think I think they're testing the sheer volume now. I don't know if they fully got that down pat, but I know they do. Um. You have companies like Lennar that's that's diving into these, you know, concrete 3D printers hand-fold. But they're also one of the very few printers that, you know, we can bring to a developing country that has a an issue with homelessness. And you can build out those tiny homes for people. You give people, you know, a place where, guess what, they have four walls, a door, and a freaking roof. You know, they may not have much, but they have something that's theirs instead of, you know, a hut or a tent that they have to live in because, you know, their, their government gave up on them. You know, you, you got, so, you know, when we start talking about 3D printers, it's actually a device and piece of equipment, you know, not just for additive manufacturing, but also for the structural world, but also humanitarian, if you think about it. You know, it's one of the very few things that the additive manufacturing development you know companies have came out with that you know, I actually look at and think that th- this can be something for good. You know, it's one of those few things I can look at. So, with that, what do y'all think?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think it also could probably be used for you know applications where we uh, use civil engineering also. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it it depends. You, you know, mean like it,
1: infrastructure? You're talking about yeah, right? like
2: infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, like up north we use concrete for mm-hmm. some of the roadways. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some build bridges and stuff like that yeah some some portions of the bridge because bridges are built in sections Mm -hmm. they're not uh, normally poured as one pour right Mm -hmm. Uh, we used to uh, many many years ago with dams but even with the dams we would pour so much it would cure and we would keep pouring and pouring and pouring Uh, Hoover Dam I think yeah Hoover Dam was like that and I think that takes Many years to mm-hmm. actually solidify. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, say, maybe in some um, areas that are remote that we need to get to, you know, maybe this is something that you can take and start that and you don't have to have the same amount of manpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily the same humanitarian, but it, I think utilitarian is good also.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, th- I mean, on both sides, it makes sense. Uh, to me, you can take it. I mean, we always want to go towards like bettering mankind, or Mm -hmm. you know, the the for community or for society, humanity. Uh, But at the end of the day, it doesn't have to just stop there. I mean, I've seen, I've been, I did once we kind of established we were gonna like do this episode. I even, I even thought about this. It's like I've been looking at concrete printing for for a couple years now, and ever since I first saw it, like the concept of it made so much sense Um, uh, I do have questions on you know is it earthquake proof Uh, is is it storm proof stuff like that but at the end of the day is the start of the whole process is I'm building I'm building with concrete without having to set up a jig and a whole bunch of uh, pieces of wood and line everything up I'm I have I'm using um, a, a certain, now this gets into chemistry, I'm using a certain composition of the concrete to, to make my structure, um, solidify in such a way, and then I started doing more research because they were building, um, uh, they were building, like, uh, um, like a community, a whole like neighborhood. Yeah, Lenar is um, the one behind that. And that's that was in what was it in New Mexico or New uh not New Zealand, New Mexico or like Utah or something like that. But but that it that
2: makes sense because Arizona they do the Adobe houses. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So so it, hopefully in, they they pour more square than they build this house when don't it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well
1: I mean that's the thing is is that like construction and new constructions, like especially because when I went through and I was buying my house I was I, mm. I, I learned I looked at new constructions. I at existing constructions, I looked at so many different like foundational issues, and I was I was I was like, man, all of this kind of I need to learn about concrete and learn how 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 this works, or what can I expect, how can I prevent some yeah. some issues, or if I buy into a house that has existing existing issues, how do I fix those um, without tearing my house down? So that's that's where it really started. Then you can see um, that. In a lot of these new constructions, they cut corners. Oh yeah, definitely. they cut a lot right. of corners, and if they can trick you and the inspector into thinking that this is fundamentally like perfect or the right way or the most efficient way, they will. Mm-hmm. They will try to cover up a lot of the things, and and that's not. I'm not saying that that should be, um, you know, on the company itself. Usually, it's the workers or whoever is running that construction site. But, but at the end of the day, it's it's with the standards. Right, mm-hmm. but
2: it is the companies. It's the company's they can, duty yeah. to understand what quality is being promoted for yeah. their company. And it's the person's craftsmanship mm-hmm. And also is responsible. And
0: the thing is, yeah. is even with the 3D printers, that they're not, if you actually look at the houses when they're built, they're not terrible. Yes,
1: I mean, see, they look good.
0: Exactly. That's they, they look, and the thing is, you can put a window in no matter whatever you want. It's, it's going to pour around that window. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like, I guess you could say, a modified quick creep freaking G code. And, you know, that's what it is. And like I've looked at some of the stuff, I like, one of the manufacturers actually published, hey, this is what this is the, the granules that you're going to use. It's about that. Yeah. It's really not that bad. You can actually get it from anywhere. So they're not a specialty concrete you're having to use mm-hmm. to pump through these machines, which is great, by the way. Yeah. But and the thing is, you have them in different sizes. Like right now, I think they're using them in the um, the war in Ukraine mm-hmm. because they were printing the um, uh, roadblocks, the stanchions. Yeah. And the, tri- the, the, pier, the 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 uh, tank stoppers when they were coming, when they are heading towards Kiev, um, so yeah, they're used in other areas. You know, I think we were talking about um, uh, doing a storage shed with, yeah. with a three D printer because yeah. it's you know easier and simpler and quicker.
1: See, and that, no, yeah, that's what I was getting at when I was saying so you, you build the house with the standard conventions and it's mm-hmm. it's it's this amount of money and the, like uh, probably a dozen workers, you need framers, you need electricians, you need all those things. And yes, for if you 3D print one, you're going to need at least one of those guys to make yeah. sure maybe not framing as much or unless you're doing a like a a, a roof, so maybe mm-hmm. you do need them, but at the end of the day, it's you take you take a job that's 12 or 15 people and you put it to six to eight people yep. and and it's going to be done in half the time yes the concrete has to cure mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right it's quicker there's less work to be done and to, and honestly you can take the amount that you're that you're saving from not paying those extra workers you could pay these guys the ones that are actually running the equipment a little bit more and then the company will pocket a little bit more profit. I mean, it's it just makes more sense because they're trying to they're lowering the quality because of where they make the most money off of it. But if you take and, and you make them okay, you're gonna make this cheaper. You don't have to worry about that. You kind of bring that bell curve a little bit higher mm. for them.
0: And I think when I was looking at the documentation on it, these they
1: require a sixteen foot
0: trailer, sixteen foot enclosed trailer to haul, and I think it's three people, yeah, three hours to set up. And that's it the only like thing you cool have to house. make yeah the, 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 the only thing you need left is to make sure you have a pad port the only that's the only prep you have is make sure you have a pad port and all your utilities are in place yeah
1: you yeah.
2: know I, I i would say just another application that maybe that could be used to also is to make wave breakers yeah like where we have uh a wave where we have water rising mm-hmm. or we have mm-hmm. natural uh we have storms to detect water table rise or we just have you know natural rising because we're below the sea level yeah i think that would be something that a city could invest Mm -hmm. in make these wave breakers ahead of time and then they just have to have some heavy equipment to put those things in place wherever you know right and and you you can be creative they don't have to be like um something that's um Hard to look at. You could make it into a sculpture type mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. or maybe a person wants a sculpture. Yeah. You can even use that application to yeah. to make a sculpture with with this type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe we can even look at it for making basketball courts for mm-hmm. you know low income uh, areas mm-hmm. for kids to have something to do because you would reduce the cost, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be totally level. It just has to be level enough that they can play, but it's better than playing in dirt. Right. Yeah. Now,
0: you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this this zinger out there. What if what if we take a 3D printer stick? Not a 3D printer, but a 3D concrete printer. Uh, concrete 3D printer. Wow. English. A stick it on a Falcon Heavy and launch the damn thing to Mars.
1: Okay, so you're getting <laughs> you're it getting is. to where I was. You're, you're getting to where I was gonna go. You can, but I think
2: I don't think right now they have. You don't have people there, so no, 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 not the people part. I think you can use. We we have the potential with the advancement in robotics that that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. the problem is is do we have the technology in place for the environment that we have to put it in? Okay, that's that's what I'll be curious. So, so, of. like so the yes, and stuff like yeah. that.
1: So, so yes, okay. um, okay. So I was I was actually really excited because when I found this article. So we talked about uh wanting to go to Penn State for the additive manufacturing program. <laughs> I I looked up some of the uh professors. Oh man, his name escapes me right now, but he's um he has a program where um and he's been he's made he's an engin- electrical engineer, design engineer and he's made uh small sats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Objects he's like created them so that they will, like, kind of live in space, micro, microgravity, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but he recently, when he moved, um, so he did go to school, undergrad Penn State, uh-huh. uh, graduate at Michigan, yeah. And he didn't really like saying that. Then he came back and he's a professor at Penn State. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, so, so he had to go to Michigan and come. Yeah, at Penn State. Uh, we're, we're gonna leave that where it's at. Yeah, he's like uh, he didn't want to say the name. He didn't even say the name. He said that school up north. I don't want to say. I'll <laughs> okay, play him see, sometimes on go. Saturday. As long as he doesn't say Ohio State, <laughs> and everybody's okay. No. But but yeah, so so he's talking about he was talking about. Um, He's got a, a new like small business and there's there's these these, these grants like research grants that you can mm-hmm. get for small businesses that NASA or the government provides and the what they were doing was is that he had like one of his colleagues were said something about man um, I want to print like in space like can we do something like what about uh, there there was it was at the, around the same time that Mars or NASA had their challenge the Mars, Habitat challenge, Mm -hmm. so they challenged a lot of um, a lot of companies a lot of research uh, groups to say hey um, We've got XYZ stipulations We need you to try to do make a make a machine that can make a viable structure on the Martian uh, Martian planet. Here's the here's like the soil um, Compositions and then they so they pretty much said here's the details have fun make me something right and I don't think that they won the whole thing, but they won a lot of the, you had like tests or like, they're like, okay, this is structural test, blah, blah, blah. Uh, hey, this is, uh, this is a test to see if your, your materials will, will, will be made. I think one of the most thing, the, the best like method that he, they tested was using, like, what's, they like, what is the binding agent? How can mm. I, how can I, if I use the dirt or dust that's on the, on Mars, how do I make concrete? bind together and the answer that they were trying to do is use microwaves and so they can they can use microwaves so the dirt or whatever itself is becomes the binding agent you change you change kind of the 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 structure the chemical structure of it to where now Mm -hmm. it's going to solidify in such a way that it makes you a structure so they took that they didn't win it completely it's hard Mm -hmm. to do that's a that's a very complex um, kind of problem yeah i mean and nobody's lived over there so how, how do you know for certain um, yeah. but they took that and now they're working on lunar habitat building and mm. the the dust and stuff like that on the on the moon regolith is called yeah. they're using that with the microwaves and and it becomes a binding agent they pull there's like a little bit of humidity that they they're getting through there too so like honestly the, this uh um uh, the te- the this professor is is kind of leading leading the field mm. in concrete printing in space and microgravity mm-hmm. with, with a few others. It's kind of like a group of professors. It's not just one man. I mean, he's the one I learned it from, but, um, at the end of the day that that's where, because I was, we were talking about education, like college is one of the best places. One of the first places, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the youth nowadays would, would learn about some of the, that the bleeding edge of technology, the bleeding edge of research, like mm-hmm. where are we at right now as a society and things like that. But, but, you, if you start early with the STEM, build them up, then this sounds incredibly complex and complicated for some of us. But if you get the, if you get the kid going to his undergrad the first time and you teach this to him the first time mm. and they are already, you've already built that knowledge or that, that passion behind mm. it, they're building, they're building lunar habitats. Yeah. We talked to somebody at Rapid... Um, I think they were based out of Indiana, Rutherford. Uh, yeah,
0: Rutherford. yeah the ride, uh, right around right near Purdue, actually. They uh, um,
1: so he they won they won the coolest thing in, in, in uh, Illinois because they were building structures, lunar structures as well. So for me, like lunar structures on this planet, or lunar yeah, it was on
2: this planet. So I I would say this. I, the microwave, I can see that working.
1: They're just trying stuff. It's the intersection no, 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 no. of disciplines. No, yeah, it's the, good the, though. The, it, physics it's good. Is, yeah. the physics is good. Yeah, physics is good. Yeah.
2: My question is: Okay, we have material. Mm-hmm. We have a a physics concept. Yeah. How do we produce the? How do we get the power to produce microwaves? That's, microwaves yeah. take yeah. a
1: lot of power to yeah. generate. Yeah. That's the problem. That's yeah, yeah. so. That's the problem that they're facing it, now. It can be done yeah. because
2: we do it here. Yeah. yeah. With, with, you know, portable things. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what's the next innovation in power distribution?
1: You, you, you start exactly. thinking like yeah. nuclear yeah.
2: decay and stuff like
1: that. Well, like it's probably going to be some form of nuclear. Yeah. yeah, because that's the problem that humanity as a whole is going to have to solve, no matter if it's concrete printing, yeah. you know, aeronautics, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem that we have as a society is we cannot make enough energy and we're constantly trying to figure out how to make more energy Mm -hmm. or or make more efficient energy. No, no, no. -hmm.
2: I I think, like you said, it's it's the same thing. Whether you're making it efficient or not efficient, it's still you have to make enough of it. But they're doing the microwaves
1: because they can't do thermal. They can't just heat something up like that. So Mm -hmm. they do, they introduce the microwaves and... and, But but, it makes sense. But you still got to do work to the system. So, Microwave makes sense, but I, I, I don't know.
2: Just... Thinking outside the box. Yeah. There, there, There is... Microwaves exist also outside of our mm-hmm. our planet. Yeah. Is there a way to harness these things?
1: Yeah. No, well, exactly. You, you, you know, what like radiation because... Right, yeah. you're dealing with a
2: moon that does not have an atmosphere. Yeah. Um, well, what I mean, but, in space... It's got less of our atmosphere. Well, so I guess yeah. in space, what I mean is, I'm saying in our atmosphere... Right. We have... hmm <laughs> We generate microwave, but microwave exists. Mm-hmm. Microwave also exists in space. Yep. right. So what I'm saying is it's in space, whether you have an atmosphere or not, is it possible the same way we do with sunlight, we've we developed uh, devices yeah. that can convert that energy. Is mm-hmm. it a way to, to make some device instead of sunlight, it can take microwave and create energy?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I think that there's something like that, like, like taking some type of radiation in and, I mean, I mean, like, it's some
2: smart guy somewhere that probably would say, yeah, we already got that.
1: I mean, we do have to figure it out. Yeah. The uh, To me, what's what's probably going to be, and I know it's just an emerging technology now, but what's probably going to be our form of energy in the future is going to be fusion. Um, they've They've it's about cr- like creating more energy that you then you put into the system mm-hmm. then, therefore you get to a certain point where you have you can make as much energy as you want mm-hmm. however it's very dangerous i mean it's what fusion is what the sun does like nobody wants to be right in the sun while right. it's doing that but it's so much energy yeah i think before we get too far off topic i yeah. think the problem with people and energy
2: they want to do was the problem yeah. with people and energy is Well, physics say blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The physics you know say that. Mm -hmm. Because Newton physics is not Einstein physics. And Einstein physics is not the next guy's physics. Mm -hmm. Because Tesla, whether anybody want to believe it or not, or debate it, you could take energy out of the atmosphere Mm -hmm. on this planet. Mm -hmm. And from taking it out of that atmosphere, if you knew the resonant frequency of the earth, then you could direct that energy without
1: wires. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you're using the you're, you're, because according, and of course we don't want to get too to deep his, well, his experiments electromagnetism on... yeah. electricity and magnetism are tied in such a way that one wave induces the other wave mm-hmm. so if you're using the earth's magnetic field then I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's going to take a bit. Like it, according to talking, it's going to take a Big magnet. Have, the Earth is huge, right? But
2: well, <laughs> well, the Earth can be is a Big magnet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If That's, you understand how to use it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, let's not magnetize two planets and then we're going to clock it together. But one other thing. One other thing, and then we're going to move. Yeah. There is more energy in a lightning bolt in one lightning bolt.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: If you can ever figure out how to harness that, and take that that same energy that you're trying to do with light. Or mm-hmm. when.
0: I have a joke
2: on that one. You know, I to keep going. No. It's actually in Florida. <laughs> I forgot exactly where in Florida. There was actually an experiment done where they had capacitor banks in the ground mm-hmm. and they were attempting to uh, harness this boat. energy. I mean, yeah. of course, it didn't work. It's They haven't quite figured out how to it's, deal with that amount of energy. Yeah. 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 But if you could harness one bolt of lightning Mm. That is a tremendous amount of power. Yeah. Especially if I'm going to use it as like a charge. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, let's let's go to the. the, the
0: yeah, first I mean, there's probably there's probably a few people course. that have harnessed that power but haven't walked away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they harnessed the power already. This yes, man has been struck twice and lived. Yeah. In the same spot,
2: ironically. Um. Like, sh- sh- don't. Let's keep going. We'll go I will <laughs> I'm not going to volunteer for this experiment. <laughs> no. He, he literally one in a million got hit by lightning twice in the same in the same location. No thanks. I would never go back there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: never go well, back. But let's
2: let's get back. To, I'm sorry for taking it down. But yeah, off.
1: but but okay, so where we started was talking about in space. Like Yeah, yeah building space. Build. Uh, so the the guy that we met at Rapid, they were building mm-hmm. things not structurally just they were building things because when you think about a spaceship, I I like think about the space station. When you look, about, look at looking inside of it, Whole bunch of buttons, whole bunch of valves, whole bunch of wires, whole bunch of there's, there's too much going on there. So they were thinking about how do I make? They were thinking about your mentality, how you hear the sensory uh, overload, and building like yeah, sensory overload, building something in space that's more um, soothing or acceptable for you for you as a, as an astronaut that's living on a a, a mm. planet that wants to mm. kill you. That like the moon does not want you to survive. Mars does not want you to survive. So you're already kind of in a situation where it's like. Mm, it's looking pretty bleak, so they don't mm-hmm. want you. They want to. They want to do as much as they can to ease anxiety and soothe you. And that was kind of their their idea because they weren't using concrete three D printing. No, they was. It was like nylon or a carbon yeah, fiber. Yeah, it's like a nylon like fiber board. Yeah. To um. So they, but but their idea was with a robot. it goes over or covers the the wire because you still need the wires. You still need those connections. It covers everything and panels so that you can have a structure that makes. That feels more like a home as opposed to a spaceship. Mm. Yeah,
0: and, and it's printed 100% by you know, KUKA KRC4. Mm. Yeah. So,
1: so K, KUKA's, KUKA's, uh, um, the, all, all the robotics. Um, they, first, they, what is it? Um,
2: they all could do that. KUKA yeah, just they, got the
1: contract. Yes. So, that's, that's well, the, the thing. thing is, is, that is, they probably found is, them cheap enough because everybody's usable. Well, so, they saying, found them on eBay. There's, yeah.
2: there's, no robot that does not function like another robot when we talk in motion. No, no that's not. Yeah, because they're all, they're all six yeah. degrees, six degrees. Yeah. Th- yeah. but,
1: so, the, but the idea of building with one of those robots is, yeah. it, I mean, we have the Cartesian prints. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Delta printing. Yeah. Um, so there's different ways that we have tabletop printing. Uh, those things can still be used in a concrete, like uh-huh. a, a sized-up fashion. Uh, I'm assuming more of a Delta printer would probably be best for you in, in, in a lot of situations because of the variabil- variability. Mm-hmm. Variability? Variability. That's hard go. enough to say. Um, but, yeah, so you can change it so often that, uh, to me, you put, what, you put wheels on the sides of the Delta printer and you can move yeah. it around. Mm-hmm. And if
0: you think about it, if you remember the printer that we saw at, at, at Rapid, that was literally printing the chairs for their own, their own exhibit, right? Mm-hmm. You add concrete to that mess, and you can literally print, you know, patio furniture. Yeah. Heavy patio furniture, but I guarantee you guess what it's not going to do? It's not going <laughs> to get blown away in the middle maybe, of the afternoon.
2: Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you can figure out the composition well, you, and the flow rate. They do mm-hmm. have a
0: styrofoam reinforced concrete that's yeah. not as heavy. Mm-hmm. However, I you know, that's when you start dealing with, you know, melt temperatures and all the other fun crap.
2: Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just curious you know, if you yeah, can play that's, with flow rate right. or something
0: like that. No, you absolutely can, or the the injection of styrofoam or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm the just, just curious. You know, but it's like if you think about it, you know, you can get one of those things and you just literally print, you know, um, pool furniture. You know that you know. I, I, being from Florida, you know, I deal <laughs> with the one the the, the, the couple you know the, the couple things a year where you know we just get pressure washed. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people get sick and tired of having them to throw their stuff into the pool. Yeah. You know, or put it inside the inside the inside the garage. You know, because we're getting ready to get smacked by you know Mother Nature's PMS or better knows a hurricane. Well, you yeah, know, I'm but if you three D to...
2: print the damn things out of concrete, guess what? They're not going. Yeah. You know, what, else, <laughs> what else goes with the pool furniture? The pool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that could be a very profitable business business to you know, Like a, like
1: an a, above ground pool. Yeah.
2: Well, no, you can even do it in ground. Yeah. Be- because you got the printer, you. You'd have, to prep.
1: You'd have to prep the area first. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. you you probably, unless I can control the flow rate. If I can mm. control the velocity, excuse me, the viscosity, then it holds itself up. And if it cures because of the composition of that material at a certain rate, and I just keep building layers, mm. once I do the bottom, mm. the rest just goes up.
1: Well, no, that's no, true. I'm just saying you got to dig the hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but you still,
2: still got to prep the surface.
0: You're
1: yeah. you
2: You still have to prep. Yeah, going that, up the side because yeah,
1: you don't can, want it to fall. Yeah. You don't want it to be the right well. Even well, yeah. in the
0: houses, the thing is, if you three D print that, like when they're three D printing like houses and stuff like that with these three D printers, you do no framing on the sidewalls; it does it all for you.
1: Yeah, but you can though. But yeah, and, it, and that's yeah. the beauty you could you could drill it right. You could put right. you can put sidewall up to where people don't realize that. Oh, no, yeah, three yeah. D printed house. You can make it look the same. But but I mean, you don't need to forming. What so is there's it? no oh, forming okay. needed. Okay, What's the yeah.
2: geometry? Is it? is it a square or is it a dome it's a well the thing is it's, it's square right now
0: they, they, haven't, they haven't they haven't started doing the roofing yet
1: because you, yeah, you, you have you you bring in the roof or something right, like you that. Roof, you you pay that for makes, the resources. That makes sense. Anyway. So you would you oh. would build it and it would be flat right now. I mean, you I, I think you can do domes though yeah. because yeah. I've You'd seen I've seen some structures. I think there's one around where I grew up that was not three D printed, but right. the the structure it's all concrete. So it was like a concrete dome of some type, mm. and I don't think that that's difficult Ooh. to to do. Yeah. Could you imagine if you had to put supports in that damn one?
2: But yeah, it, right. here's the...
1: <laughs> Just a couple guys like, I hope this doesn't fall. Hold it up. <laughs> here's a
2: carryout about them not doing the roofs. You do not want the roof fixed. Yeah. You want the roof to have some flexing. That's mm-hmm. why when they do the roof with the the, the framing, mm-hmm. it has some, some flex in it. It has strength built in it, the way you build the, right. the members. But also, they screw it down... But there is some you use a lag voltage and out there. and you also have to have airflow yeah. go through the house so the house can breathe also. Yeah, yeah. and otherwise yeah, it would be too much stress moist, break. Yeah. and break. and say in a southern or southwest or you know uh, yeah. Texas, you probably the, the, have the, some problems.
0: It would be next to terrible in tornado alley because it would it would take everything yeah, with it at it, that point.
2: It would catch and yeah, yeah. I mean, well, but would you think? But would the you weight,
1: know. it would have to be a direct yeah. hit. It would yeah, have literally. to be a direct
2: hit
1: because <laughs> it you is You just enough. came
2: up with something. You could probably make tornado tolerant or tornado resistant home. Well, as long as you're, I, I wouldn't think you'd print the entire wind, just from the wind. Right, but the, the, the things like
0: I don't think printing, you know, the entire roof. It would, would would you know? Be just beneficial? mean beneficial? The, the structure. Yeah. Be no, know, but ability, I mean, you know, you know and when and you start getting into yeah. as you're coming up your walls, you start getting into your awnings, not mm. where you're 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 you under bottom of the roof. So you mount into there, yes. and then, so you, there's no way air can get up inside. Well, you take, it's just fine. Take the
1: concept of a spoiler. Yeah. The spoiler is pushing your car to yeah. the ground, and if you could build it in such a way, now I know it's hard to 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 predict which direction the wind's coming from, mm. but if you have something that's adjustable, right. then you direct it where the wind's at. It'll
2: that's a good idea too because there are vents that you have um you know that go around uh mm-hmm. maybe not these because they have slabs mm-hmm. yeah. but like some of the block homes yeah they have vents that you have to go open mm-hmm. or you can get the ones that the bottom by by metallic mm-hmm. material and when it heats up it expands or contracts sort of opens and it opens, a bit. It
1: opens yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i mean that makes sense See, but, but that's that's the, the concept... So, like, I think about this... The, what's the what's the, the use of the spoiler to keep you to the ground so you don't fly yeah. away? I mean, why not... Yeah, I mean, that, that's something a
0: problem to do something. You know, if you, if you think about it, you know, a lot of times... You know, and, and this is where it gets into, like, sustainability with these things. I've had more friends lose their houses because of the fact of flood damage. Hmm. Um, You know, I, I've had five or six friends that they've lost... 15 20 years of marriage. What, here in, uh... and then in Florida. Okay. I mean, because they lo- they had to tear their house down because
1: <laughs> here too, okay. Yeah, here yeah. we live in a swamp here. But,
0: so. <laughs> you know, because of, you know, something that they couldn't control, because yeah. of flooding. Yeah. You know, it, it's like okay, cool, but you know, the thing is they had to tear the entire structure down mm. and restart, you know. The thing and so if you 3D print a structure, one if it's, you know, flame retardant or mold resistant, now you don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. yeah cool if, you, if it's on fire then of course you had to replace your roof mm-hmm. you know
2: and then guess what your frame's still there done yeah you know start back over again i however when concretes heated right change the composition of the concrete and it could become brittle right yeah you know and the thing is is
0: that's where you go back and you test it you yeah. see what
2: it is but the thing is, if you make a concrete that's
0: capable of handling certain degrees for a certain amount of time, yeah, yeah, you know, right. There are cabinets. you start getting into that type that's of stuff. Incinerators, yeah,
1: right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you have to think about with the, with chemical reactions. But I still Dude. wonder
0: if that gets too brittle though for a house, though. Well,
1: but but that's the thing is like so so my sidewalk um, at, at my last place I I lived at um, well, I was renting renting down there that duplex. Yeah, right? yeah. So the the when I put the pressure washer on, I realized that a lot of the roofing on the top of the house was coming down, and I was like, oh, this isn't the color of asphalt, this is actually concrete. So I started cleaning it Mm off. but then you realize this has been here maybe 10, 12 years, and that concrete is degrading. So there is one thing that you have to think about as, as far mm-hmm. as what the chemical consistency of that, that um, uh, concrete is that you're making. Is that house going to last 10, 12, 20, 30, 40 years, or is it just going to last five? Yeah. Um, if, if if hit with constant rain like, like we are here, mm-hmm. then that would be a question I would need to answer. and. The answer to that question is almost immediately, we said a few a few minutes ago, is you can put the siding up. You can put things that will yeah. protect it. You can, you can have um, the same way we do with wood, where yeah. we, we put treatment. like a treatment yeah. on it. We can do the same thing for concrete. Well, they, they make uh, zip seal. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. a zip seal.
2: Okay. It's made to... So you just uh, put an outside yeah. coating so then. So if, yeah. if you build a concrete um, wall, you basically... Um, you you do it it's, it's the same thing I told, it's pretty much the same it's stuff I told you put in your garage. Yeah, you put. Oh, these, okay, yeah. You you put these boards up. That's on your walls, or you put this. Uh, I think it's two ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you put the boards up, it has a way to seal. Yeah. But they also have a, a vapor barrier. Okay. That goes over. Yeah, it's like a liquid vapor barrier. That makes sense. No, it's, so. it's it's two. You can treat it, yeah. but then you can put a plastic barrier over it. But when you put this adhesive, mm-hmm. it basically you roll it on there
1: okay
2: uh, then you put like whatever that. other sheathing on top of that right but kind of like you prime it right yeah. yeah for flooding if we have the 3d printer uh that's using uh concrete technology you mm-hmm. know where we're able to 3d print with concrete then why not build uh, uh yeah it's like kills well yeah well it's it's similar Well, why not build drains crylock um that that Divert the water away from the house. Yeah. Why? Yeah. why not solve the problem? Yeah. I yeah. put to, a fresh drain in. Try, oh, what need to do it What, what rate? Yep, you do. If, a, <laughs> if the river overflows, yeah. what rate do I need to move the water away from the house before mm-hmm. the ground before becomes I saturated? Start realize,
1: yeah. or before I start getting damaged. Or you something know, like it that might thing.
0: it might be something fun for you know us to kind of you know dig into one of these days. Is kind of you know, really you know focus on on this topic, maybe in a video or something like that. You know, it's for this thing, but you know, for the 3D printing side of the house for, for concrete, because if you think about it, you know, most companies invest, for example, I know we did it in the, in the government we, when I worked there, is environmental testing. You know, they, they do a small scale, you mm-hmm. know, setup. Mm-hmm. We used to stick an entire server rack in there and watch it blow to pieces. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, you spray water on it, you drop it from a certain altitude. Yeah. Yeah. You shake the living heck out of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the thing is you pretty much watch it crumble, you know, yeah. or in my case, you shoot hard drives for as far as I could see. Um, so which is always fun to watch. Um, but the thing is is, you know, how much of this stuff has actually gone through environmental testing and, you know, real world environment. You know, at least in a more in a non controlled way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, cool, I could test this thing in Nevada. Y'all. Nevada has two seasons, hot or hotter. You know, and then, and it's like Utah, you know, you have cold or colder, you know, pick one, you know, and it's, yeah, it's nice during the summer for the three, for the like three days that you actually have a summertime, Mm -hmm. you know, then it goes back to being cold again, you know, really, you know, bring it down to Florida where you get at least two, you know, two seasons in a a monsoon season. Mm
1: -hmm. You'll get guaranteed (laughs) going through at least category two, three hurricane.
2: (laughs) You know? And like I said, it is one, it's one other thing if we just go back. I'm just going to, hey, how can you use this yeah. where we can reduce costs? What about septic tanks? Yeah. Well, oh, seriously, yeah. You know, why, why couldn't we? Because we don't have to have the same amount of um, strength for a septic tank as I do for, like, a dam or, mm-hmm. say, for a home. mm mm-hmm. um, we have to meet some criteria that yeah. Yeah. we don't get uh absorption through the concrete and it leaks you know but mm-hmm. other than other than those things how much money could you save a lot you know doing that and and yeah. could you make unique septic systems mm-hmm.
1: and that, that i mean honestly at the end you of the put day, them up top and then mm-hmm. down with the crane at the end of the day yeah. it is it's about saving money because um and it's been over a decade since i've been to the philippines but when I was there, <clears throat> it wasn't like necessarily the, a first world. It mm-hmm. ne- wasn't necessarily a third world, like city. Mm-hmm. But it was It was definitely a culture shock. Uh, the 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 builders, of course, there's no OSHA standards over there. So just a couple guys in a tree with a ladder tied to it laying the bricks for the concrete and the cement and stuff like that. I think that <clears throat> it'll fix those problems. Those guys can get trained on how to use mm-hmm. a three D printer. They could build the they could build the neighborhood out, and then they can probably continue on for, for some other neighborhoods mm-hmm. too. So it starts it starts it's for us the the technology exists and and we're in, in, we're developed as a country in such a way that we can start utilizing these things. But for the third country like or or, or for those countries that are a little bit less developed, this is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is infrastructure everywhere Like, mm-hmm. you, you, I, we had to drive to, to get to the city where my mom's from the village my mom's from it took a flight to Detroit that's 3 hour flight it took another flight to Nagoya which was like 11, 12, 13 hours it took another flight from Nagoya, Japan to Cebu it took another flight from Cebu to Bakulun and then a 6 hour dr- drive on a dirt roads to get to the city so for me the inf- just in pure infrastructure that you can build, oh, yeah, you can take two or three flights out of that mm-hmm. and have maybe a bit of a longer drive, yeah. or but but it wouldn't have to be on a dirt road. Right. Honestly, some of those roads were on the side of a mountain; it was pretty scary, and they were still trying to build the road, and it did I'm, not look the safest. I'm glad <laughs> that you got to see, you know, where your mother's from.
2: Yeah, but it is no freaking way. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure ever. Going to yep. fly from this country
1: yeah. to that country. Yeah. No way. Well, <laughs> you can probably get a straight flight to Manila.
2: No. Yeah, you can go
1: to Manila. Wait. You like Manila. Manila is like a, the, 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 the most developed. I
2: didn't want to fly the time I had to fly to go to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you're going to go to Chicago and then Man. That's nothing. That is nothing. You, you know what I mean by long flights. I I put on a few. Yeah, oh, you're yeah, no, okay yeah. for the first couple. Of hours. I sleep the entire time, so I'm okay. I would, I would.
1: They play. I watched like four movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I was too. I snore. Old. People think like... there's something wrong with the engine. One,
2: one other that's thing we old. didn't think about with the uh, concrete printing is uh, uh, flower pots. How, yeah. much, how much could we? How much of the plastics could we keep out of the, the landfills
1: mm-hmm.
2: because they get brittle over time mm-hmm. and uh, just print? Figure out a way to print. Yeah, saying, and if you diameter. do it in such yeah, if you yeah. if
1: you do it in like steps because the the issue I see with a lot of, of planting and farming is is that they have to repot here, mm-hmm. repot here, and that's why they have yeah. the quick like switch um, plastics and yeah. stuff like that, spare pots because you need to reset it into another place to let it grow more. You need to reset it to another place because yeah, it's not to, growing. And you and, have to and, get
2: a soil time to mm-hmm. re.
1: re- the nutrients exactly,
2: and if you don't cycle those plants, like that's why they do the corn, yep. the okra, and the tomato the, yeah. from the Indians. Yeah. They knew to do that to cycle those plants through and to put them together because yeah. they work together. Yeah. But by cycling them through, then it didn't destroy the soil exactly. And you know, that's that, true. and yeah. like
0: what you said on you know the recycling part of the house, as far as the fact that you know concrete recyclable. You know, 100% of concrete is recyclable. Oh, yeah, you you see, throw it back in. Right. You just, you know, grind it back up, spit it back up. Yeah, you know, right. You know, guess what? So but the thing is, is what that means is that, you know, all these houses people are building, once their their, their their service life comes to a complete, you know, after 30 plus years, you know, as long as it's not contaminated with anything, you know, absolutely insane, you're going to burn it out anyways, mm-hmm. is now it's recyclable. Mm-hmm. You know, that you know, the roof line's recyclable. Mm-hmm. It's all wood. The concrete itself is recyclable. So technically, you know, you restart from scratch. Yeah. So you know. I- Definitely don't want to, you know, think it, but you can always have a recycling program for your house. Hey, I want a bigger one. Let's go ahead and recycle this old one and rebuild a bigger one. Can, you know, and it'd yeah, be kind I, of a weird way of buying I, houses. Recycle this and but, put a down
1: payment on the next yeah. one.
0: Exactly. <laughs> well, but the thing is, it's a plausible It's a plausible yeah. thing because people are always looking for housing. Yeah. So why not give them the ability to, hey, right. let me recycle this, well, this old I mean, one and get a new one. It's only have, take a couple hours. Yeah, We're having trouble <laughs> with the
1: housing market and things being so expensive now. This is just going to take the cost way down. to for us, materials, yeah.
2: But uh, one thing I would add, I, I would, um, I would imagine. Yeah, we're getting close. I, I would imagine, like, like I said with the Hoover Dam, that you may actually have the opposite. That if you had the right composition, that those houses could probably last hundred years.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. that's true. If, yeah. if you had the right composition, and you do need, there does need to be some maintenance, uh, like yeah. uh, at least a little bit of checks yeah. and balance. Like I mean, yeah. this is why we talked about preventative maintenance checklists. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you should. You, if you're not, if if you're building something once and you expect it to last, and you're not checking on it. Cause cause you don't. You it. shouldn't
2: expect it. to every, last. Every home is going to sell. And, you know, it I, happens. I believe these things were it's also. Random.
0: I got to look, but I, to what I've heard, they were actually shown at World of Concrete. The show that they just had in Vegas called World of Concrete, um, where the they whole
1: convention about concrete. Yeah,
0: concrete right. and how it's formed and stuff like that. So I believe it was shown there also. Um, so but the thing is, is this stuff's you know revolutionary. It's coming, and mm-hmm. you know I know we're kind of getting you know close on time here. Where we're getting towards the end, and you know I just you know, I guess we're going to call it now, but I know this is conversations keep going back up again. Yeah. Because concrete 3D printing is something that, you know, not only supports the the advancements of other nations, and it actually will take, you know, people from poverty to home ownership pretty quickly. You know, even if it's not their own home. If it's, hey, we make them a tiny home. Mm -hmm. You know, just something, a place to rest their head for them to be proud of themselves so they can go ahead and move forward and, you know, do big things. You know, but, you know, I want to, and who knows, I might jump into that, my my thesis, we'll see, Um, or dissertation, we'll see. But, you know, the one thing I want to do is I want to say thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to every single person who tunes in. You know, we're at 200 and, sorry, 2,224 all-time downloads. And I remember there for a little bit, we were happy when we hit 50. We hit 100, you know, we're mm. freaking ecstatic, you know. So I want to, you know, take the time and say thank you to everybody. You know, go take a look at some of the stuff we're doing. We're, we're getting really into some bigger and better things now. Um, you know, everything's moving. I know the one thing we didn't announce today is, um, you know, the you know the company itself, you know, that we that you know that how that host this podcast, Vulcanar Technology Solutions, is now officially a member of the SEMA organization. You know, we'll start working with us through the same organization to support the um, advancement and um, uh, the car customization the automotive world, um, you know, little by little, you know, a little bit of, you know, 3D scanning, a little bit of rapid prototyping and a little bit of STEM education while teaching everybody how to do all the things. So, you know, go out there and check, take a look at, you know, that organization, go take a look at the blog, um, the, go take a look at Vulcan R3D if you're looking for merch, um, or go take a look at... Um, uh, you know, printed heritage if you mm-hmm. want. um, uh, Some of the um, uh, lithophanes and some other few things. We'll be adding more and more and more of that. I need to start doing some more flag lithophanes. I need to order some white uh, PLA soon. But, you know, that's it for my set I'm going to turn it over to the guys, and y'all have a good one.
2: i just like to say I appreciate the uh, support. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we are still, you know, if you guys have any uh, suggestions or if you have any ideas, uh, we're still trying to figure out the logistics of maybe doing a live Q&A with you guys. Um, stay tuned to that. We, once we get that worked out, we'll make an announcement. Uh, maybe yeah. we'll just shoot from the hip and see where it goes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, same thing Same thing with my side. I'm always very grateful having this platform, um, having anybody that listens. If, if we can give anybody any information that's useful to them, it's, it's, it's good, good stuff for me um but yeah no t- take a peek at a few of the few of the blog posts the website um I, I i would say look up sema if you're if you don't know um much about them uh it's nice uh nice to learn about some of the i mean automotive is going to be an industry that's going to be around for much longer than than we yeah. are so um we need to we, we should take a peek at it there's always uh, applications of 3D printing in in so many different fields. It makes sense in in some of the automotive world too yeah. for some of these non non uh, functional or even just aesthetic pieces. So yeah. uh, and rapid prototyping just means that I can make sure it fits that much quicker. So if you're interested in in cars or anything like that, SEMA is a good 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 place to to start and kind of look at and learn some of the things. Um, they have a show in Vegas this year. Um, you'll Probably see some things going on over there. So yeah. but I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, as far as, as far as the rest of it goes, if there's anything that was you know confusing or or interesting to you, go ahead and go ahead and do a quick Google. Um, don't believe everything you read on the internet because mm-hmm. anybody can just post it. But it all starts from ideas, and if you learn from that and grow from that, then you, you're in a good place. So um, take read 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 what you uh, what you find with a grain of salt, but uh, always keep learning and, and looking for something new. All right, go. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All
0: right, bye. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.